Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name's Jonathan Webdale. We hope you're safe and well wherever you may be. Coming up in this episode, perspectives from Scotland and Wales about how the pandemic's affecting broadcasters and producers across the UK and the steps being taken to mitigate the impact on the industry. We'll be hearing from David Mortimer, Managing Director of STV Productions, the Glasgow and London-based production arm of Scottish public broadcaster STV, about the shows it's being forced to put on hiatus and commissions it's still winning whilst under lockdown. And from Pip Broughton, co-founder of Cardiff-based Vox Pictures, maker of hit Welsh drama Keeping Faith, which was mid-shoot on its third season when the coronavirus struck talking about how the company shifted focus to create a fast turnaround drama shot on iPhones and directed over Zoom. But first, Amanda Reese, director of programmes at S4C, which commissioned both that show and Keeping Faith, talks about how the Welsh public broadcaster's schedule's been impacted by the shutdown in production, cancellation of major sporting events, but also a set of new commissions unveiled in response to the situation. Here she is, speaking with C21's Gunnar Cuse. At least 25% of our schedule has been thrown right up in the air in the short term. It's all been affected, frankly. There's hardly anything, apart from archive content, there's hardly anything, any of our new content that's not been affected by this and has had to adapt in some way, either in terms of its production schedule, its production style, its content itself, its TX date, it's all had to adapt. Yes, there's been a lot of change. Obviously, news has been performing very well. We've ramped up our current affairs to make sure that we provide the information that's needed through the medium of the Welsh language. So that's been an important one. Our um, evening programmes, our live daily evening programmes, have stood up very well and have um, adjusted quickly to the different styles of working and different styles of shooting. Um, but I suppose, like others, we're seeing an increase in viewing figures throughout the day. So our children's viewing figures are up really dramatically. I think it's about 175%. Our online viewing has gone up dramatically. The major things that we've lost are sports, soap, drama and events. So those have just fallen out of our schedule and of course those are the cornerstones of a lot of our schedule so it's been quite challenging in that losing those we anticipated quite a, a detrimental effect on viewing figures but what we found is that although our reach isn't as high as it would be so in other words we haven't got as much of a variable audience coming to us um, what we do have is that the viewing figures the thousands per hour has held up very well so that's been quite encouraging. And of course now, I mean, all the broadcasters are looking at ways to continue or to safeguard their content pipeline and also work with the local production industries. And you had already unveiled a £6 million relief package. And now you're announcing these new commissions. Can you talk a little bit about these particular commissions and how much of this new relief package does this reflect? It's been quite interesting. So there have been three stages, if you like, of the commissioning process over the last couple of weeks. The first has been the very short term, quick turnaround stuff that needed to go out in March. Um, And that was mostly ramping up current affairs, making sure that our lifestyle daytime programmes and evening programmes were able to deliver and and act. And essentially just, you know, making sure that the programs that were due to deliver during that time didn't have any hiccups. That was the short term. Then there's the midterm, which is the basis of the call out that we made to the sector. And that was, that's worth about four to five million in terms of the kind of programming that we're commissioning. And we've 
I mean, the response is phenomenal and we've commissioned almost all of those within a week. So it's been an incredibly interesting and, and quick turnaround time for us in terms of commissioning, but also very creative. We have, you know, way over hundreds of ideas come in and it's interesting how when you are in a position to have to make very quick decisions, you cut through a lot of the discussion maybe that you would normally have around ideas and you go for the ones that are, you know, the, the ones that your instinct and also the schedule demands. So of those, we're trying to find a good combination between programmes that feel COVID relevant, but don't feel as though they don't have an evergreen or a longevity to them that, that could last beyond COVID. Um, and that's the real challenge in the midterm. So that's to fill the schedule in May and June and, and into July. So some of the things that we've commissioned there are we've commissioned a stargazing programme for the longest day of summer, which is something I think we've always wanted to do, but it hasn't felt quite right to do because it's quite a risk. So we've got a, a live stargazing programme that will go out on Saturday, uh, June the 21st, which is the longest day of summer. And that's interesting because the light pollution, of course, has been reduced. Pollution has been reduced. So there was never a better time to stargaze. And of course, we've got the time uh, to, to, to maybe, you know, look beyond the obvious and look beyond our daily chores. Well, I say that, it's never been so busy, but you know what I mean. Then we've got a rig in a doctor's surgery in North Wales, which we're hoping to capture doctors on the front line receiving their, you know, cases of COVID in that area, which is quite a rural area, but but is expecting COVID cases. So that's a very quick turnaround rig that went in and rigged overnight, sanitising the place before and after so to enable us to go in and capture that that footage. We've got a documentary in an undertaker, which is following them through, over the course of a month dealing with the very sad rise in, in deaths that they are dealing with and all the protocol and uh, processes that go with COVID-related instances of death. We've got a documentary which looks at the joys that are happening during this time, so babies being born during COVID and, and trying to recognize that life goes on through all of this all of these difficult times that life goes on and, and, and rebirth happens we've got a wedding lockdown program which is a variation on our um, wedding for 5000 format and we've already identified the couple that want to get married during lockdown and we've also commissioned our first quick turnaround drama so this is really exciting it's the team that brought us keeping faith and of course keeping faith was supposed to be filming right now it's had to delay filming We've got lots of actors who are keen to continue working writers that are continue working and we've commissioned three half hour dramas which the title is Kassult Mount Covid it's a working title it means Kassult is more than contact it's sort of connection in Covid and it's about personal connections that are affected, personal relationships that are affected during COVID. The actors are shooting themselves and we're using a technique of the sh actors being able to see themselves responding, using Skype and Zoom technology, being able to see themselves acting to each other and using that as the basis for the, for the drama and also writing a, a new story every week, depending on how the circumstances of our lockdown change. So being very responsive and very of the moment and adjusting our stories as they go along. So essentially that's being written in one week, shot at the end of that week and delivered to us the following week. That's quite a quick turnaround for a drama. <laughs> it really is. But, you know, Vox is the company that's doing it. And uh, it's a risk and it's not the usual process. But I think it would be a huge opportunity missed if we hadn't done it. They are commissions that just feel absolutely 
absolutely right for where we're at now, what's possible to film safely and what I think people will want to watch. They are reflecting, reflecting the reality of life but also reminding us that there is, you know, there is there is plenty of entertainment in there as well as information, and it's it's reflecting, I think, that sense of normality and joy that still exists through this crisis. And even with the funeral director's documentary, it's about understanding how people cope and getting a, a sense of life-affirming content that 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 is testament to how people adapt and cope even in the darkest of times. There's no precise date at this point about when lockdown can be uh, even eased, let alone, you know, lifted altogether. But what is the forecast for S4C should the lockdown continue longer than you would like? Are you hoping normality to resume by the fall or do you expect something a bit sooner than that? There are two elements to that, content and production. So so in other words, what's on screen and what's being produced and the process of production. Like I say, we've we've sort of filled our schedule now until sort of mid-July. July and August are a further challenge for us because that's when lots of our major summer events happen. We're we're being very creative around what's possible, you know, in representing those events some way on television, going into the archive and digging out events from the past. So sport and events over the summer are the biggest challenge that we're facing, either the lack of them or not knowing when they're going to be rescheduled. Then from September on, we've got a slightly different challenge, which is that the programmes that would have delivered to be broadcast from September until April next year, so the rest of the financial year, are delayed, uh, if not cancelled. Some are cancelled, but most are delayed. So it's going to be an interesting time. It'll be the time when Hopefully, I mean, we all cross our fingers, but hopefully the worst of the crisis will be over, but the effects of it will still be felt. And that's the real challenge is finding ways of filming that content ready for broadcast in the old schedule. And 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 at the moment, we're finding our way with that uh, challenge. It all depends on when lockdown is lifted. Um, if, If we go into a process of lockdown, then release of lockdown for a few weeks, then lockdown again then there are windows within which things can be filmed. And we may try to make the most of those windows. If we have a gradual release of lockdown, again, our production will have to follow the safe pattern of evolving during that time. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of how how long we can keep going, we are well-placed to adapt, is the truth of it. Um, And I think that's for several reasons. One, we're lucky not to depend... On, on commercial revenue uh, to keep content on screen, although, of course, we do make commercial revenue. It's not our main revenue. So we're in a, a lucky place in that sense. We've got a, a very close symbiotic relationship with the sector, which means that their problems are our problems and vice versa. And I think that's working very well. And also, we're autonomous in our scheduled decisions to a great degree. So, you know, we're as well placed as anybody, but it's going to be a challenge. I mean, at this point in time, are there any areas of programming you still want that pitch or do you have what you need? Um, No, we still have more ideas that are in a state of flux, if you like. Um, What we're finding is that the ideas, like I say, from, from September on, are all going to have to be risk assessed in terms of their deliverability. Um, so, you know, the, the, the cornerstones of the schedule, the big returnable series may not deliver in time 
to hit the screen when it's been scheduled. So we're going through each of those productions and as the situation changes, creating different scenarios by which they can and can't deliver. And if they can't deliver, then we need to commission other content to take its place, content that can be shot in slightly more restricted um, circumstances. So that's the next big challenge, is to risk assess the schedule from September onwards, really. The one cornerstone that we don't have any control over, when it be entirely dependent on when the schedule changes, is the soaps. So we have two soaps, Ronda Ronde and Publicum. Both have stopped filming for the time being. If the lockdown continues beyond July or if circumstances beyond beyond July mean that those soaps can't be shot, that's really going to affect our schedule because it means they can't deliver to us in time for the next season. So that's the biggest concern at the moment is getting those soaps back up and running. Similarly, drama. We've got two dramas that were due to shoot over the summer that have been delayed. That means we're probably going to see less drama in our schedule from September to December next year, at the end of this year, almost inevitably. And that's going to knock them on in terms of our schedule. But We do have the flexibility to fill those slots and we have the funding to fill those slots, but it's a matter of what can be appropriately delivered and what people want to watch as well. That's what's difficult is anticipating the zeitgeist and the the, the mindset of the nation, really. S4C Director of Programmes, Amanda Rees. As you heard there, S4C's commissioned a number of new shows in response to the COVID-19 pandemic, one of which is a three-part half-hour drama series called Lifelines, which debuted last week and is filmed remotely, exploring the relationships between a set of characters as they experience life under lockdown. Cardiff-based Vox Pictures co-founder Pip Broughton came up with the idea when filming on the third season of the company's hit drama Keeping Faith was cut short by the virus. Here she is, talking to Michael Pickard, editor of C21's Drama Quarterly. I mean, we were shooting the third series of Keeping Faith, and, you know, we had found ourselves suddenly in a car park in Larne with, you know, the, the, the scene set up on the beach and having to tell a crew that we were stopping shooting. And, you know, everyone had travelled down there for the week's shoot. So everyone had packed their bags and were ready for a, a, a week away. And we had to say we're stopping shooting immediately and we have no idea when we'll be getting back. And, you know, I just said thank you to all of the crew all of their hard work to date because it was a bizarre moment of a sudden goodbye to protect everybody and you know after standing in that car park I I just felt this strange overwhelming grief because you know it takes a long time to prep for a show and you as the director you carry the show in your head and all of a sudden you're stopping but also that combined with you know a sudden understanding of how sort of serious and scary everything is so we had to abandon our shoot on Keeping Faith. And so in the cutting room at the moment, I've got six incomplete episodes. We'd shot a couple of the actors out, we'd shot the studio out, but we've still got like seven weeks of the shoot to go. So it's literally on ice in the cutting room, six incomplete episodes. Having stood in that car park and sort of um, felt that we couldn't keep going and be creative I I thought well you know that let's continue being creative let's let's reflect our world now now rather than waiting for a, a an, an unknown length of time to be able to be creative let's make what we can how can we make it and I thought all you need is a story to tell some brilliant actors and an audience to listen and the obvious answer was shoot it on iPhones so I pitched this 
series idea to Gwentley and Gravel, who is the commissioner at S4C, saying we can start immediately to make this series because it has an urgency to it for it to be current and authentic and honest and responsive. Um, we'll turn it around very, very quickly so that it can be on your screens to reflect the world that people find themselves in. And what I want to explore and express is how all of us are being changed by the circumstances we're in. All of our behaviour, our micro behaviour, all of our thoughts and feelings are being affected and changed by the lockdown, by the virus and how do we reflect that in drama I mean a lot of documentary footage has been made a lot of self-shooting footage has been made but I wanted to within the genre that I live and breathe which is drama and to the lockdown not to be an impediment to that so we did a bit of an experiment on some iPhones and looked at it and the, the picture quality was very bad when you you can't shoot if you go on FaceTime, you can't shoot picture and sound at the same time. So we, st we started off the experiment by having two phones, one recording sound, one recording picture. However, when you're on FaceTime, the picture is still very poor. So in the end, we de devised a way whereby what happens is that if, if you're an actor in the show, um, someone will knock on your front door and there will be a case a sanitized case and inside the sanitized case there is a sanitized iphone and a sanitized laptop there are your sanitized props and costumes for the scene so you the actor you know have become the art department the the camera department all of the departments and the way that we're doing it is that the actors are filming themselves on their phone and i am um in contact with them via zoom so i'm directing via Zoom. So on my Zoom call, there are both actors in the conversation. There's me, there's Laura, our technical director, and there's Adrian, our executive director. And what we do is we rehearse it on their personal phone so that I can see the shot. And then it's up to them to shoot it. So it's all done within lockdown condition. Everyone is totally protected and safe. And then we cut it very, very fast. I delivered the script for the first one, I think it was last Tuesday, and we're TXing tonight. That's um, turnaround drama for you. It's, uh, <laughs> it's well, I'll turn around drama, but for me, it was all of the actors I'm working with, I've worked with before, and I've got my brilliant editor, Kev. And because we know each other well, there is just total trust. And really what we said was that, you know, we're, we're trying to do this with honesty and with humility and with compassion, and we're dedicating it in our heads to everyone who's suffered or lost someone and if you get into a frame of mind of making something like a gift you know it doesn't matter if there are if things go wrong it doesn't matter if it's imperfect it is it's not perfect it's rough edged but we did it as a gesture you know drama as a gesture rather than drama something which has been you know nourished for years and years before it's shared i think what we've achieved is an intimacy because it's like we're being a fly on the ward wall both ends of the conversation and so in drama you're always in the dilemma do you cut on the person speaking or do you cut on the person listening and in this you have both because you have the person speaking then in the corner of the frame you have the thumbnail of the person listening and so it's like a new genre you can see who the listener as well as the the speaker so you get double double whammy as 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 the viewer so I think that that sense of intimacy is important and that sense of authenticity sort of feels very, very real that we're in both kitchens listening to people. We're listening in on a conversation, if you like. 
So yes, it's been just very, very fast, and but very freeing at the same time. Vox Pictures co-founder Pip Broughton. Now, from Wales to Scotland and STV Productions Managing Director David Mortimer, who took over the reins of the Scottish Public Broadcaster's production arm 18 months ago and has since set about expanding the unit with investments in unscripted producer Primal and scripted startup Two Cities. David spoke with C21's Nico Franks about the shows STV Productions is being forced to put on hiatus and commissions it's still been winning whilst under lockdown as well as why the Progco's steering clear of coronavirus-themed programming and the long-term ramifications of the crisis for UK broadcasters. Well, it's, it's a pretty extraordinary situation because just two months ago, we were looking at what was going to be our busiest ever year, our best ever year. Yeah, it's a big year for me because it's my second full year here. And um, so, no, it was, it was looking very, very positive. The reality is that there's very little that was in production or about to go into production that has remained unaffected by this. But the good news is we have, you know, we've, we've found ways of keeping as much in production as we possibly can. So um, Sludgy Catchphrase, there's a 10-part run of that that we're making for ITV that was would have already been in and out of studio by this point. But because of the reality of what we're facing, we had to push the studio back. So we're now hoping to be in studio at um, sometime in June. But the good thing is that the team have just done remarkable, done a remarkable job to carry on in pre-production and then production everything that we can do that we need to do pre-studio. So you know that's one example of how we how we continue to to stay in production despite the obstacles put in front of us. You know there are other shows that we would that we're meant to be in production on now that frankly we just have to kind of you know pull the pull the brakes on. So um, we make Antics Road Trip and Sledge Antics Road Trip for BBC. Just got a, a, a kind of longest ever order from the two two year order, 140 hours worth that they ordered a few months ago, and we were you know, we were on the road. And then that uh, you know the famous press conference, not the lockdown press conference, the one that happened a week before, where basically Prime Minister was saying we now need you all to work from home and we need you all to to uh, practice social distancing. The kind of the penny dropped almost immediately that 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 means that that show is no longer producible you know it will be producible in time but at the moment we just we can't be out shooting in the way we, we would normally be because obviously it wouldn't be appropriate to do so i mean the thing that i've i found is you almost have to pull production teams back because such is the entrepreneurial and creative spirit of, of frankly everyone who makes tv but certainly people at the kind of you know hard end of production they're, they're used to finding ways to make a show in any given circumstance so um, it's, really, it's been really, really unusual to have to say, look, I know you're trying to think of how we might be able to make this despite the obstacles, but actually there are frankly certain shows you just can't make in these circumstances. That's just the reality of the situation. And then beyond that, it's getting the balance right between thinking about those shows that really it is worth having in active development because there's still a chance to get them made even in these weird and wonderful times. And then beyond that, making sure we're match fit, match fit for when conditions change and making sure that um, you know we've got a, a brilliant slate of ideas that are ready to go um, when the world finally gets back to normal and that that means the development focus has definitely changed you know we're, we're, there's a there's sort of two different types of development we're doing at the moment one is the you know immediate uh, development that's uh, focused on those immediate opportunities and, and frankly I think there's probably fewer of those around than even there were a few weeks ago I think that sort of immediate enthusiasm that, from the broadcasters to get something anything made 
just so the schedules wouldn't just be full of repeats. I think that, that's, that's weighing a little bit. But there are still opportunities there. And in fact, we've got our kind of quickest ever commission in that uh, Craig Hunter's factual team got um, an archive-based commission turned from a kind of a paragraph into a fully formed commission within a couple of days. And so and they're, they're in production with that now. And so they're producing an archive-based history show for, for one of the main UK networks. And, you know, they're having to do it in a very different way. They're having to send sterilised iPhones by courier to our contributors, talking them through via Zoom, talking, talking them through how to, how, to, how to set up that uh, what's effectively, you know, domestic phone, uh, but in such a way that it'll uh, deliver an HD uh, picture that we can use. And, and then carrying out interviews, you know, long interviews um, at a distance and making sure that we've got every bit of material we might possibly need to kind of wrap into these, um, these archive retellings. And, and the particular challenge around a show like that is that you, you can't pat yourself on the back just for, just for having got that show made. You know, that's not good enough. It's frankly still got to be a show that will look just as good as any other show when it, when it comes on air. I don't think the audience are going to be handing out medals because we just managed to get a show made. So that's the challenge, is to make those shows that we have been able to get commissioned in these extraordinary circumstances to get them made in such a way that they still like, look like regular telly. And a show like that, which is you know, part funded from a, um, a distribution advance, you know, not fully funded by a UK channel, to have a successful life out there in the international market and certainly to have a long-term life outside uh, in the international market, it can't be something that's only ever playable in the midst of, a, of, a, of this COVID crisis. It's got to look like proper telly that will have a, a life just as successful and just as long as any other piece of television we might make in normal circumstances. You mentioned um, being match ready then for when things start to, to resemble normality a bit more. And we've been thinking about what it's going to look like, particularly in scripted, if every scripted show is trying to start up again or start to get made at the same time, there's going to be a bottleneck. So do you know what the process is going to be in terms of, you know, which which shows get priority in certain studios and certain locations and things like that? I think you're right to point to the fact that different types of shows will have different challenges surrounding them. And beyond that, frankly, there'll be some shows that we'll be able to make if there's a limited lifting of the lockdown and there'll be other shows, other types of shows that really we won't be able to look to make for, for many months to come. And I think that, you know, one would imagine that in the unscripted world, it'll be easier to get back to the normality more quickly or certainly a version of normality once we're able to get back into studios regularly, even if we're having to shoot shiny floor shows without a studio audience, you know, that's, that's doable. And that's, you know, that show won't feel or look dramatically different from how it would have done at any, any other time even if there's a you know there's still some broad kind of restrictions in society or the or the economy I think unscripted shows that happen in the real world they're going to be more challenged so you know I talked a bit earlier about um, antiques road trips like antiques road trip you know these are shows that are absolutely built around an interaction between experts and members of the public and in the case of those two shows that culminate in a in a public auction uh, you know in an auction room with a few hundred people sitting there bidding so how quickly is a show like that producible is there a different way of producing that show is there a different ending to that show those are the kind of questions that you know we're starting to ask ourselves in conjunction with uh, with our commissioning broadcasters but broadly I think unscripted shows you can see that there's a way for them to get back into production and by extension back on air you know, in, in time, I think it's much more challenging for scripted, you know, and talking to colleagues from across the business, it's 
I think it's going to be quite some time before we're able to get back into a position where British television is actively making you know, big budget, high value scripted shows. And, you know, I know that there are pieces of plans in place for how the soaps might get back into production. I think, you know, I think it's one thing thinking about how you get into production with a you know, returnable drama on a closed set where the audience expectation is, isn't necessarily that you're going to be able to, or you're going to need to break out of that closed set. But for the kind of drama that audiences have become used to seeing at nine o'clock on BBC One, ITV, Channel 4 and the rest, I think when we can put those dramas properly back into production is hugely tied into you know the, the broader situation with with the medical crisis you know and i think it worst case scenario it might be that really we can only get properly back into production um in the world of scripted post-vaccine but at the very least i think it's going to be you know a longer timeline than for the unscripted shows and i think i think if we end up with the, the problem of there being um you know a log jam of loads of sh- loads of scripted shows going back into production and that meaning that there's a you know challenge finding talent both off screen and on screen then that's a challenge frankly i'd kind of welcome at this point because we're so far away from that at the moment you know it's no one on the script side of the business thinks it's going to be easy to get back to making the you know the kind of shows that that we all get excited about making. And you know, in terms of the timelines that we've been talking about internally and that I've talked about with colleagues and other businesses across um, across television, the penny has dropped that for drama, a, a lot is probably going to have to wait until 2021, unless you know, unless things change dramatically in the next few weeks in a way that seems entirely unlikely, given the way that the uh, the crisis has been developing thus far. I suppose one logic would be to, if you were going to do a scripted show, to do a scripted show set during the pandemic so that it would make sense to see actors kind of on their own, isolated and things like that. But do you think there's going to be much audience appetite for dramatizations of of stories in pandemic, of which there must be, you know, many interesting stories in people's homes up and down the country at the moment? I think the very last thing that anyone is going to want to watch after we're out of a pandemic, after we're out of this pandemic, is uh, a drama about a pandemic. I really, I really just, I just don't see that. I mean, that's not to say there won't be some commission. That's not to say they wouldn't be great pieces of work. And, you know, maybe there'll be something that cuts through and catches the public's imagination. But I think, I think the opposite is true, really. I think in a world where we're all still suffering from some degree of you know the the, the the aftermath of this awful event and the, the, the personal stories uh, attached with this crisis are, are horrible horrific it just doesn't seem to me that the thing you're going to want to do at the end of a long day is turn on your telly at nine o'clock and, and watch a drama about a, uh, a virus it just doesn't doesn't seem likely to me you know maybe i'll be proved wrong but i think the opposite is true really i think people are just going to glory in the in a sense of freedom and the, the joy of drama is that the fact that it can take you to a different world in, in a world where we feel safe and, and warm and unchallenged then watching thrillers about pandemics is is in itself an escape it's uh you know it's an adventure you go on that's not an adventure we need to go on anytime soon because it's the it's the horrible reality we're living at the moment. In terms of how you're seeing the broadcasters react to uh, the pandemic, and obviously budgets being cut, specifically at Channel 4, uh, which has been probably hardest hit, how how do you see the broadcasters coming out of this? I think it's, it's obviously a hugely challenging time for the broadcasters. How the traditional ad-funded broadcast comes out of this is obviously hugely related to how quickly the ad market recovers. Advertising revenues are down significantly. And you know how quickly that changes, how quickly the economy bounces back, will have 
a direct and almost immediate effect on the ability of certainly the commercial broadcasters to spend significant money next year. It's pretty clear that of the commercial broadcasters, Channel 4 faces the, the biggest challenge. And I think that, you know, it's incumbent upon all of us as producers or people in television to to be as supportive as we possibly can for Channel uh, for Channel Four of Channel Four because um, it's such an important um, you know cornerstone of, of the British um, broadcasting world, the British um, TV world. And you look at the BBC and you think, well, okay, that the BBC, for for want of a better phrase, of having a good virus, you know, it's a, the BBC's relationship with uh, both the government and, and frankly probably the great British public seems um, entirely different from how it, how it was even sort of eight eight weeks ago. And that's a you know as someone who, who worked there and uh, still has a huge well of affection for that organisation. I'm, I'm, I'm pleased about that. But obviously they face their own challenges. I think it's going to be, could be really, really important for production companies to be, UK-based production companies, to be even more fleet of foot in how they develop, to be even less of the mindset that somehow all unscripted shows are going to be fully funded from UK broadcasters, because I think you know, that was changing anyway. It's going to change even more so off, off the back of this. I'm sure, and be more focused than ever on the opportunities outside the UK. You know, it's still fantastic to be a UK-based production business. Absolutely the first place that we would ever go to, or the first places we would ever go to talk about our, our best and boldest ideas would be the UK um, terrestrial channels and then the other UK places we, we can take shows but I think it's going to be all the more incumbent upon production companies to think more widely to think of the airspot opportunities to think of um, taking shows to America and I think America offers offers a huge opportunity a pretty much immediate opportunity for UK producers because if any marketplace is going to be you know hugely affected by the lack of drama and by the massive delay there's already been in in drama production it's, it's the American market and so you know traditionally normally thanks to a strike traditionally when uh, drama falls off a cliff in America then a load of new unscripted shows get commissioned some of which can even turn out to be hits and so that, that's a big opportunity for Brits Brits and we you know we, we must keep us keep our eye on that opportunity yeah and that together with the fact that all the SWOD players but Netflix in particular seem to be getting really good returns on the unscripted commissions they've made over the last few months I think points to there being an opportunity for unscripted, you know, a, a bigger opportunity even than there was a few months ago. David Mortimer from STV Productions. That's all for this episode. Remember, if you'd like to share your story of coping with COVID-19 with the international TV industry, email us using the address press at c21media.net. There'll be more from the podcast next week, but in the meantime, stay safe and stay up to date with all the latest developments by following C21 online, on mobile and social media. Thanks for listening. <laughs>